The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. You probably just watched the new open if you're tuning in on YouTube. It's basketball time. The transition is happening on the Orange Zone podcast. Hello. Welcome in. We are your spot for all things Syracuse Orange. I'm Tommy Sladak. We have Samantha Crossan with us, Brendan Hodges on the producer mic, and make sure you're liking and subscribing to CMY Central for all things Syracuse sports. We have you covered if you're listening, Apple, Spotify, Amazon Prime users can now tap in. All right. So a little bit of everything. Really enjoying that. And if you have been staying with us, thank you again for coming back in. If you're a first-time listener, welcome. But James Mungro, former Indianapolis Colts Super Bowl champ, SU legend, was with us for the football season. Had a great time with James. Oh, the best time. He will be missed. He will be missed. He will be coming back on to some guest appearances here later in the winter, spring, and then hopefully again for next fall because it was a blast having him on. So for right now, just you and me, Brendan, of course, and then maybe some some guests, maybe some names. We will be having some special people. But Brendan Hodges, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. It's been a while. For those of you who are listening, it's actually a Wednesday uh, because Sam was uh, the – nice guy and decide to be out of the office on Tuesday this mm. week. Selfish? Could be. Or just working this coming Saturday. My decision? No. <laughs> <laughs> Good to have you back, Sam. Good very, to be here. Very unselfish move actually. As Sam is working this weekend. But anyway, thank you for thank you for coming back in Orange Zone podcast and and we are making that transition to basketball. Football is done. And as we look at this Syracuse team right now, on both the men's and women's side, two teams in double digits in terms of wins right now. We did not see that at this point last season. So we'll take that with, uh, we'll take the small victories where we can after what was a disappointing te- season for both teams last year. Now, just to catch people up, Syracuse men coming into Wednesday, again, they'll be playing Virginia Tech. You'll be listening. This game will be over by that point. But coming into that game with a 10 and 6 record, 3 and 2 ACC, the women's team 12 and 4. 3-2 and two ACC. In the 12-win mark, I'll start with that because this women's team has already surpassed their win total from last year. Mm. What does that tell you? I, I can't even believe that, and at the mm-hmm. same time, I can. I mean, you want to start on the women's side. I think there's just been a complete and total culture shift, mm. and I think people underrate how much of a difference that makes having in a new head coach when we know it's, it's okay to say it that the culture there before Felicia Leggett Jack got there was pretty rocky. For a little while. And I think that the fact that she was able to create a new culture at Syracuse, combine that with the fact that she brought in some of some of the talent she had over at Buffalo, and this is a winning team. I mean, I think that this team could be could be poised for a deep run here in the future. I think so too. And I and you know what, hand up. Anytime there's a first coach first year coach coming in, I'm I'm very patient. I'm very patient. I always try to give it a full year before I really start actually judging the results of things mm. because it's not easy to do that. And so I've been thoroughly impressed with what Coach Jack has done here in her first year. And, and granted, 
she has her staff from Buffalo with her, players from Buffalo. But you're, you're in a new school. You do have those new faces out there. And she's really seeming like she's gotten them to gel. And I can honestly say that they're, they're a contender in the ACC. And that was the biggest question, right? In the beginning of the season, you know, they were, they were getting wins. They were on that win streak. But it was what's going to happen come conference time? What's yes. going to happen when they start diving into the best conference in women's college basketball? And we're seeing success. We're seeing almost upsets of ranked teams. Mm. And I would not put it past us. And I don't think this is a, too much of a hot take that this could be a ranked team by the end of the year in Coach Jack's first year. Oh, definitely. And the fact that it's the first year, you know, like that can't be stated mm. enough because, again, you talk about patience. And in the past, that's how I used to view things, too. I thought about good example of that is Gary Gate. You know, I yeah. think that that was a disappointment of a first season when he took over the men's program, at least in my eyes. I thought, you know, maybe there would be more to come from that. And I thought, well, let's be patient. But then to see that Felicia Leggett Jack could do this so quickly, it makes you realize, wow, like how quickly someone could make a team gel um, and could shift the culture. It's impressive because of how short of a time it's been. And it's impressive because of the culture she was walking into versus what it's become. Mm -hmm. Big time. All right, let's move on to the men's side of things. The SC men at 10 and 6, 3 and 2 ACC, which, hey, anytime you have a winning record in, in your conference uh, this time of year, that's a step in the right direction. Yep. Granted, you know, have they played some of the teams at the bottom? Sure, but wins are wins. And, and you got to grab as many as you can, especially with this team right now, because it's a team that, to sum up the first half of the season, has largely debunked Jim Beheim has mm. largely confused and left a man that has been doing this here in the 315 for 47 years <laughs> at a loss for words as to, as, to, as to what is going wrong when it's going wrong and when it's going right, how does he make that happen game in and game out? And when, when a guy like that's telling you that, that's, that's really interesting. I think it's probably the first time in his career that he said something like that. And a part of that is really just locking in some of his younger players, a freshman and sophomore. How, does, how is he getting the best out of them? And a few weeks ago, he had, um, you know, very much was unfiltered in his frustration with, with Chris Bell and Benny Williams about a lack of effort, which you just, I mean, Behind closed doors is one thing, but to you know to, to say it at the podium is is rare. Mm. You don't really get that, and to me, I, I just find that to be a coach that that again admitted that he was just like I'm. I'm not sure what's going on here. It's odd, but then again, since then, it, it, you know, Benny Benny was sick most recently, but but Chris Bell has had these better games, and we're talking about a freshman that came in and wasn't really rebounding that well. Um, but then you, you, I'm really all over the place right now, Sam, but I'll, I'll say this. You have a team of, that is so young with so many freshmen getting serious minutes that Syracuse fans have not seen in years from the men's side. On top of that, you have these very veteran players of college basketball in Joe Girard and Jesse Edwards and getting that all to mesh mm. right on paper. You, you look at that and you, you could say to yourself, this team should have more wins. Um, so I guess the, 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 the question is, what, what do you make of this team halfway through? And is it, is it 
in a way, Jim Beheim-esque. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's almost like the emotion at the forefront is confused. But, it, but at the same time, <laughs> yeah. when, when you lay it out the way you have, it does kind of make sense when you think about the fact that, okay, you have these one or two veteran players who have been here for a while, and then everyone else who sort of hasn't, yeah, it is a matter of how do you get them to work together and what kind of leadership do you have mm -hmm. available? I think one, one thing that has come up in conversation that I'm still quite honestly debating and sifting through how I feel is the role that Joe Girard plays in all of this. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just going to lay it flat out. Do you think that he's doing a good job? I don't believe that they would have won some of these most recent games if it wasn't for Joe Girard, especially when he put up 20 at Louisville. The part that I'm a little bit wanting more out of is this consistent sense of leadership on the court. And, and granted, I'm, I'm not down there, so I, I don't know for certain if I'm, if I'm having the wrong vibe here. But, but to me, when you, when you come in with that type of presence and that type of experience, it sometimes just feels like the communication isn't there to the young guys. And a lot of the times when you have that veteran player on the court, um, Samir Torrance is, is, is very good at this, where he's, he's, his mouth is going the whole time, right? The, the communication's never stopping. And it just feels like there's times where, like, especially when, when Joe's in a little bit of a slump with his shooting, whether it's mid-game or over the course of a few games, it does feel like he almost locks and, and almost boxes himself in when that communication needs to go nonstop. But I have been very impressed with him over the last few weeks. I've been impressed with the way he's shooting. I'm, I've been enjoying the confidence in that he wants to be the guy with the ball in his hands. I don't think that ever has stopped. But there was that period there where he just he would have the open shot and he wasn't taking it. Right now he's taking the shot and it's making a difference, especially because, you know, Jesse has somewhat gotten quieted down over the last few games. Mm. And a part of that is I think teams are just playing better defense against him. Um, so to answer your question, I think it's a, it's a little bit of both. I'm going to bring Hodges in. I think he's been letting something marinate over there. What do you got, Brendan? Well, first of all, that tongue twister that Sam uh, dropped uh, about three minutes ago was something. I'm not sure the audience could say that five times fast. <laughs> um, what was that? Can you say it again? Let, let this marinate, folks. Hard work beats talent. When talent doesn't work hard, it's real simple. Yeah, yeah, it really yeah, is. Yeah, I know that one. It, it's a tongue twister. No, um, I, well, I'll start with the women's side. I have been abundantly impressed. I love watching them play when I get a chance to, because you know we all do various things here. Um, did I expect them to? Make, let me preface it with this, Sam. You remember we were in grad school together. And I sure do. that whole investigation came down like the summer that we were finishing up our grad program. Yeah. At that moment, I had no idea where the women's program was going to go. Now I have a pretty concrete idea as to where it's going to go and it's up, 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 up and away. Um, in terms of the men's program, it's just like, I don't know what to do with them. Like that's, they, they, that sums it, it up. In our, right? in our recent like picks article, I, I want to say that we all said something along the lines of they start the, like the slowest among any team that we've ever seen, and it's it's irritating because you have a Joe Girard and a Jesse who's literally the biggest man on the court in every game he plays, <laughs> but they start so slow. Starts so quiet, right? That, 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 that's all I got. I, if you were going to ask me if I thought the men who would make the tournament, 
and I had to pick one, it would obviously be the women's team. Yeah. I don't think the men's team can make the tournament the way they play. Because, yeah. like you said, Tommy, they haven't played the Dukes and the North Carolinas. They're going to get blown out by these teams if they keep playing like this. They're going to get blown out. It's just odd. It's just an odd team to to understand and to figure out because you can you can feel their frustration on the court, but at, but at other times, like they walk off after a bad stretch there after you know Bayheim calls imma- a timeout. It's, imma- it's immaturity, I it, guess. Well, it's it's immaturity, but like you on paper, this this should be a recipe for success when you have your center and a in an elite guard that are both you know, veterans of college basketball, and then you have this flurry of talent as freshmen, to me, that's, that's, uh, that's, like a, that's just a combo you want this time of year in college basketball. And for whatever reason, it's just not meshing. And, and, and it's, it's, it's just frustrating at times because I think everyone sees this and knows that it can be a lot better. And it's interesting you say the slow starts, Brendan, because last year was the exact opposite. Um, you know, granted, it was a much more veteran team when you had you know Buddy Bayheim out there, Jimmy Bayheim, Cole Swider. Is they had awesome first halves, and then would collapse down the stretch. And we're seeing the exact opposite. I mean, to have twice now, Syracuse be down twenty to twenty five points. Their two ACC losses were to Pitt and Virginia. The Pitt game. Was that was when Josh Allen, Gabe Davis, and the guys were there, and I'm like, I, I wanted to give them a game, you know. I'm like, I'm like, you guys better, <laughs> when you guys entertain our yep. guys here, gotta make this fun for them. And they were down twenty something, and almost had one of the biggest comebacks ever, and ended up losing eighty four to eighty two, and it was just a storm back. Virginia, the exact same thing happens. In grant, and, and in order for that to happen, the other team needs to not be making a basket for eight minutes. But like a part of that has to be credited to the defense. Mm-hmm. A part of that has to be credited to what Syracuse is doing on offense, whether it's exhausting them, whatever it is, they're figuring something out. But it's coming too late. If I may, I have two questions, and then I'll shut up. Um, number one, and this is back to the Bayheim at the press conference. Didn't we see that last year at some point? Or two, one or two years ago, I don't think it's that rare for him to say like or call out bad effort. Oh no, no, he's. I been, feel like he's been a, doing that for a few years I, I now. I feel like he's it's been a constant. It's been a constant theme over the course of the years. So that's one thing. The second thing is like, do you think the slow start has to do with the fact that like? And I'm not saying the zone is a bad defense to play because it's a curveball that not every, everybody in the conference is going to see it, but nobody Twice. outside of it's going to see it. Do you think that it like? The fact that they're playing, like I guess, in terms slow on defense, they don't have to move as much on defense, affects the way they start the game offensively. Because they're not getting the blood flowing and they're not getting into a rhythm necessarily on defense, and that's affecting their offensive output. It's a good question, and I would immediately rebut it with all the very good Syracuse teams and top 10 Syracuse teams of the last 20, 30, 40 years and say... Would you say that the talent well, of this team they... is on par with those teams, though? Um, On the good nights, yes. And right, you say that, on the good nights. That really is the issue, in my opinion, mm. is it's like these small little bouts of greatness. And if that is the case and they can play at that level for a short period of time, then of course the question on everyone's mind is going to be, why can't you play that way the whole game? And it is easier said than done. We'll see how they, they, they make out here. They beat Notre Dame already 
Um, that's the game coming up on on Saturday. JJ Starling, former Beville star, great to see. Um, but they beat Notre Dame already, and I think they can beat them again. But that is an interesting team because it's four grad students and a freshman and uh they they've had some issues this year but also some big wins so we'll see what goes on with that um final final thoughts on on the men's team guys my final thought is that i think that a zone can at times even be better than a man defense but for in order for a zone to really be that well oil machine that you talk about communication is the most important thing mm-hmm. So it's a matter of really making sure everyone's on the same page if that's the defense that's going to be the defense continuing forward throughout the rest of the season. Heck yeah. Final thought, I, I'd like to see more. Um, I, I'm fine with them playing the zone as much as they do, but I just feel like every now and again, maybe you change it up at the start of the game mm-hmm. just to mess with the team's scouting report. Like get them off balance, then you can go back to what you do well and take advantage of what you do well. Bang. Right there, folks. See how it plays out for him. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Uh, switch or quick switch to football here. Got to give a shout out to our guy, Dwight Freeney. And got to give a shout out to our guy, Zaire Franklin. We'll start with Zaire Franklin. Colts linebacker broke the franchise record for single season tackles with just under three minutes to play in the Colts week 18 loss to the Houston Texans. The previous record was set... Uh, in 2018, with 163 by Franklin's teammate Shaquille Leonard, Darius Leonard, Leonard, Shaquille Leonard, right, Brendan? Um, yeah, he, he said he yeah. had this awesome quote over the off season saying, "Yeah, everybody called me Darius, and I don't really like it, so I want to be called by my actual name, Shaquille." And it was like, "What? Like, <laughs> yeah, why didn't you just put that in when you were drafted? Like, yeah. hey, <laughs> and it was because everybody called him that. Like, All right. hey, hey, you know, sometimes you." Uh, Sometimes you just got to switch it Preferences, up and, and let people know what you want to go back to. The other one, though, I want to talk about is, is Dwight Freeney set to be inducted as a part of the 2023 class of col- or 2023 class of the College Football Hall of Fame, becoming the 10th Syracuse Orange alumni to be inducted. So speaking of Indianapolis, Cole Crates, um, happy to see Freeney getting the call for that. He's also a finalist for the NFL this year. I think it would be very fitting to see him get uh, both the college and NFL in the same year. And you look at the other names going to the College Football Hall of Fame. A lot of, AC, a lot of ACC names, Luke Keekley of Boston College. Um, you have oh, also Brian Westbrook Villanova, shout out. Great to see. So very, very nice class, big names. Let's finish with producer Brendan's trivia here on the Orange Zone. Hodges, hit us with it. What I should have done was a question on how many players in football history have gotten into both Hall of Fames in the same year. Mm. foreshadowing question mark we'll find out uh anyway um i just want to preface this guys by saying we got more great news about tomorrow hamlin today discharged from a buffalo hospital Whoop. so he'll be continuing his rehabilitation at home um and the bills said uh, when he wants to come back if he does then we will welcome him back with open arms so that was wednesday's news um i'm gonna stick with the bills though for the trivia question naheem hines what a game that man had 
Get him in Milwaukee. Kickoff. What a game. For a touchdown. Uh, his Dude. first, the 96-yard one to start the game off, was the first Bills kickoff return touchdown in three years and three months. I was hoping that was going to be the question. <laughs> Who was the last Buffalo Bill Ooh. before Hines to return a kickoff for a touchdown? Oh, no. The newsroom did not fare well on this one, Yikes. guys. Um, if you, I have a hint for you. I actually. I have think I'm going to want it right now. I have a name in my head. Yeah, I'm going to need it. We're going to need a hit. Okay. My first hint is this happened recently. It happened in 2019. Well, I figured well, that. Well, yeah, it, it happened three years, three, years three months ago. Oh, well, well yeah. Okay. I'll <laughs> <laughs> give you the other hint. My bad. Uh, the other hint is, is that he is currently still on the bills. Mm. Okay. Did this... I'm not telling you <laughs> anything else. He's like, you want to play 20 questions? <laughs> you know how this works, Tommy. <clears throat> you, you want my guesses off the top of my head? Go ahead. Who, who were you thinking? Uh, this is my final answer, Brendan. Um, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking it's John Brown, who just returned to the Bills off the practice squad. He had been gone for a few years, but 2019 was a really big year for him. He was the one that had that diving catch mm -hmm. this past weekend. But at the same time, I feel like watching the broadcast, they would have brought that up. And I'm trying to tap back into... I have you frazzled, man. You're really thinking about how I could trick you with this question. I am trying to think yeah. about if it was brought up during the broadcast. And I remember them saying the last one was three years, three months ago. But I'm not remembering them say who it, it was. was. You want to know what they said during the broadcast? They told you the last time a player returned to kickoffs for a touchdown. That I have was the 2010. Yes, it was Leon Washington with Seattle. I have the full list on a post-it note here, actually. But that's not important to the question. <sighs> Do we know this man's name? Yes. I have no doubts that you both know this man's oh, name. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, I want to ask another hint. <laughs> you can ask the question, and you can judge by my facial reaction behind the set. Um, Did he leave the Bills since then and has returned? No. All right. I was thinking maybe Cole Beasley there. Oh, who could this be? Who could this be? I have... I, I want to give you another hint, but it would give it away. It would give it away. Wait, I, I think I know who this is. Did he return a punt against Syracuse when he was in college playing at LSU? I don't even know if he went to LSU. No. So it's not Trey White? It's, no, it's not. Dang. That would have been, that would have been cool. Um, offensive or defensive player? Defensive. Hmm. I'm surprised he's saying this many things leading up to it. You're in a good mood today. There, there is a reason why I'm saying those because I don't think you're going to get it either way. Defensive. Man. Sam, do you have a guess? <sighs> Try it. Huh? What if it's right and then and then I get the credit? Well, I just I I I because I think it might be wrong, so I need I need, right. I need to even yeah. Go for it. If you get it right, it's yours. Micah Hyde. That is correct. Yeah. 
He's on IR right now, guys. He hasn't played it all this year. Micah Hyde returned an onside <laughs> kick for a touchdown against Miami in 2019. Y'all can't stop me. <laughs> Sam, I'd like you to know that everybody who's watching this recorded podcast saw Tommy lean from the microphone. I was hoping that you. it would be on you, Brendan. And yet, I, I know. I mean, let, let, let's just be very honest. Like yeah. Everybody heard him whisper, no, but, but it's the fact that that's the first one that I said, Yeah, and it was right. No, so, uh, well, yeah. Because in my head, I'm, I had like, to I'm, like, I'm like, this man would not be returning kick or <laughs> well, so I'm, here's like, the- I'm like, who else could it be? But like the onside kick, his position being up makes so much more sense. Well, so it's weird because I, I saw that and I was like, didn't he return an onside kick for a touchdown then? And I had to I looked it up on Google and the first That's thing that amazing. popped up was the Bills website. It was their <laughs> That's tw- actually funny. It was their play of the year in 2019. Uh, but yeah, Hines, he's also just the 11th NFL player all time to accomplish returning two kickoffs for a touchdown. That really is amazing. Game. Shout out Naheem. That was And I have one other shout out because Sam texted me and is very selfish today. Um, what is this about? Because we didn't get to it last week because of the Hamlin stuff. Um, oh, this is the the picks. Yeah, the I picks. Wanted, I wanted us to actually do that and have a fi- an official official well, finalized how we did on our picks. Well, so the football I season. actually have that written down here. Please share somewhere. Um, I gotta find it though. Didn't, didn't Brendan win? N- no, won. I did not win. Um, you didn't know that? No. Sam knows already. Uh, so Tommy came in last. I didn't count Mungro because he only showed up halfway well, through the Brendan, season. Well, Brendan, explain how you did it first. So I took, for all the people at home, you might have read the uh, first picks article again that we did for basketball. I took straight up wins, and I actually went back and tabulated against the spread for every game, Tommy. Okay. So I averaged out winning percentage straight up and against the spread, and by nine thousandths of a percentile samantha crossed and won our football picks game she went eight and four against the spread this season wow i should have bet with you <laughs> you would have made me rich so what, what else we got here you said same eight and four what are you i was um well i was the best s- straight up i think i was 11 and one straight up but That's i was crazy. like six and six against the spread Okay. Sam was both of you were ten and you were both eleven and two because you had you guys both did the Louisville game. Dude, I that's remember like that? really impressive. I know. Think about that. I know. For all three of us. I know. You were either eleven or two or ten and three, and then you guys Tommy was just abysmal against the spread. Like What was uh, I? I I I'm trying to find my abysmal. notes. I don't know where <laughs> I think I may have left those upstairs, but I you were just bad. <laughs> like it wasn't good for you. It was a bad spread. you know what it was? I was very I was very nice to Syracuse, even in their losing streak. Like, like I was predicting them to <laughs> you lose. You and James both. Yeah. It's it, gonna be tough. You and James. I I hopped off the bandwagon. I heard Brendan saying, "No, no, no." I'm like, "It's time. It's time. I gotta follow." <laughs> Look, I, Tommy, you just did bad. You'll do better next time. Maybe, probably not. But I'm gonna blow you two out of the water. I disagree. I season. do not. I, we're well. We're all undefeated at this point because we we picked the two games last weekend. SU men lost to Virginia, predictably. SU women beat Clemson. I didn't think they were going to score as much as they did, by the way. They score a lot of points. Who? SU women. Yeah. Yeah, they really 91 do. 91 was they the really second do. most or most ever put up against the Tigers in like mm-hmm. their program But history. yeah, we're all, we're all undefeated in that regard. We have three games to pick this weekend that you will see on our website, cnycentral.com. Go to the Orange Zone tab. We put up stuff every day, Wednesday through Friday. There you go, folks. Orange Zone tab. That's it for the Orange Zone podcast. Welcome into basketball season. It's going to be a lot of fun. Again, we're going to have some guests. Lax around the corner. Woo! 
It's a good time. Let's have some fun with it. Enjoy the games this weekend. We'll check back in next week, kind of figure out when our normal day is going to be, if that's going to be a Tuesday or a Wednesday release, Thursday release. We'll have it locked in for you. So like and subscribe, see my central YouTube, um, and, and make sure you're following us, Spotify, YouTube, Apple, Amazon Prime, iHeart, wherever you get your podcasts. We're out of here. Peace. See ya.